0: We are at 5.30 and we have quorum. So let's call the meeting to order. Uh, We'll just start with roll call, if you wouldn't mind just saying your name into the mic and we'll go around.
1: Christina Walu, Reynolds.
0: Frank Wagner.
1: Nicole Villanueva.
0: Kevin Boyd. Carl Brown.
1: Deanna Thoman.
0: Noah Stork. All right, that is items A and B. Uh, Item C is public discussion of anything not on the agenda. If you're on the agenda, we'll get to you in a second. I don't see anyone. So, on to um, item D, the certificate of appropriateness. The first item is um, 11, nope, 10, 11 Woodlawn Avenue.
2: To figure out how to forward now. Okay. 1011 Woodlawn Avenue is in the Woodlawn Historic District. As you know, it's the house on the corner here. It is one of three key properties in this historic district. As you also know, last fall it um, had a fire. Uh, This is what it looked like before. Has an Italianate lap siding, lots of decorative trim, uh, especially on the porch, metal roof, projecting bays, Um, There's a two-story screen porch on the side. Um, Here's a view from the um, northeast corner. You can see that two-story porch. Um, And the doors, this is the best picture I have of of the front doors right now. Uh, Here it is from above, so you can see the porch that goes off towards the intersection of Iowa and Woodlawn. Uh, the two main crossing gables, the screen porch, there's a lower one-story addition on the back, which is a, kin- a kitchen, and there's an even further addition behind that. Uh, at one point in time, one of these was a shed, and it also experienced a little fire. Uh, this house is key, as I said, I meant to bring the book, but it's also the cover art for the, um, the Book of Iowa City Architecture, uh, by Margaret Keys, and um, in addition to that, it was owned by Sandra Eskin, who is a well-known uh, historic preservation uh, advocate here in town, and she did a major project where uh, part of the uh, foundation was failing, and so that was rebuilt, elements of the porch were uh, removed for the foundation to be uh, rebuilt, and then they were reinstalled, and there was some other work on the interior and stuff. Um, Here's just another view of some of the details. Um, And then, of course, we had the fire this fall. Um, The cause of the fire is unknown. It originated kind of in the front entry area, just because that's the most burned area. Um, The decorative steps, which curved two ways at least, (laughs) maybe three, uh, went up in this area, so they were destroyed. Earlier, we uh, did a, a conditional demolition um, approval so that they could remove any of this front portion that they needed to remove to make the house uh, safe. So, you know, some of the roof came off and, and stuff as well. Um, and I'm not including a lot of photos of this. The house has been completely documented, but it's also been you know, a tragedy for the homeowners as well. I've been working with them since the day after the fire. I work very closely with them uh, just to help support them through the process. They also got a really great insurance adjuster who's helping uh, work through the process as well. So uh, the project currently is, um, before you, is basically the approval of um, the replacement of everything that was destroyed to match the existing, which would be normally a staff approval, um, or a staff and chair approval. They want to make a few very minor changes, and so we brought it to the commission for that reason, and also because of the extent of the project. Um, as you might imagine, because of smoke and water damage, all of the interior materials were removed, all of the plaster, all of the trim, um, most of the flooring, and will be replaced to match. It won't be plaster; it'll be sheetrock, of course. Um, one of the main changes that the owner wants to make is the roof material itself. This roof was repaired um, after the tornado, and and that was really pricey. Um, the to, the quote to replace the roof with the same material um, is like four hundred to $600,000, so it would take the bulk of the, the funds in order to rehab the house. And so we do know this house originally had a wood shingle roof. Um, wood is also an expensive thing, so the proposal right now is to change it to an asphalt shingle that resembles wood, which is something that we do approve regularly as part of our guidelines. This house does also have internal gutters, and um, looking at the architecture um, and and how all of this detail works, removing the internal gutters on this house would also be a, a major blow to the historic character of the house just because of the amount of detail that's related to this soffit and um, eve condition. At this point in time, the proposal is to continue to have internal gutters they will be copper instead but that's that's not a major change um, here's just a couple other images uh, windows will be rebuilt to match of course there will be siding available that can match any of the lost um, details will be recreated to match there's a number of contractors in town who are involved Um, This is one of the the changes. So this is the back of that kind of second one-story addition and shed area. There's kind of like a a family room in here and um, there was bathroom laundry in this wing. Um, As you can see, these are just Little, I can't remember, maybe they're awning windows or something, and a casement window. They didn't work with the architecture of the house. The owner uh, wants to match the window that's just right around the corner facing Muscatine Avenue uh, to replace those two windows. And this will be a bathroom now, and she proposes to have a uh, slimmer, smaller double hung to fit in that bathroom, maintaining the head condition on all the windows, which is another another. thing the guidelines would have us do is usually keep the head and sill, match other windows uh, with something like a bathroom or a kitchen where you might be trying to avoid appliances and fixtures, um, allowing a raised sill for that condition. Uh, This is another change that um, I have looked at this photo a lot, so I can see the difference. (laughs) But, I would tell you, the door will move over. Six inches. So if you look at this little black uh, container here, you can see the distance from the door, and you can see that it's been moved over in Photoshop. And um, that was submitted as for the application to show that this change, I mean, from our point of view, it, it, it is not a change. It, it won't be noticeable, but it will help them solve some of the problems with um, stairs and cabinetry in the kitchen and the back stairs that go down in that area
0: just because that was a, a back, is that a back?
2: Yeah, so okay. that yep. is located, so here we are, wood lawn is along the front here. Um, we have the two windows, that are the longer one, and then the one bathroom one, and that door is okay. in this little uh, side yep. kind of open porch area. That currently is the extent of the changes. I mean, I know that they're going through bidding and budgeting now, and so any other changes would, um, you know, come before us as, as we normally do. Um, so currently, the, um, the recommended motion is to um, a- approve the work as uh, in, uh, listed in the staff report.
0: Great. So just a reminder of kind of the order of events for everyone. We can kind of ask Jessica any clarifying questions like I just did about where the house was, or the, I'm sorry, where the door was. Um, And then we'll uh, open it up to public comment, first with the applicant if they'd like to speak, and any other members of the public, and then we'll close that and discuss among ourselves. So just a reminder. Any kind of quick clarifying questions for Jessica? If not, do we have the applicant is welcome to speak if they would like, or someone representing them?
2: You can if you want, Tim. Mm -hmm. If you do, please sign in.
1: My name is Tim Nichols. Uh, I've been working with Christine and and Jeffrey, uh, working with their insurance company, and I'm also working as the contractor on the claim. I'm registered in Iowa as a contractor, but also as a certified public accountant and a public insurance adjuster. Um, We work with the client, we work with the insurance company, help the insurance company understand why projects like this are expensive and why they need to step up and and help the homeowner be made whole from the claim. I'm just here to answer whatever questions you have about the project. Do we have any questions? Thank you. Thank you.
0: Have any other members of the public that want to speak on this item all right hearing none do we want to get a motion on the floor so we can chat wagner moves to approve
1: a certificate of appropriateness for the project at Ten Eleven woodlawn avenue as presented in the staff report
0: brown all right. second all right any discussion
1: i have a question mm-hmm. it you put Woodlawn Avenue they don't Woodlawn doesn't say anything like that or does that how it gets comes up on the uh yeah
2: how the historic district is listed
0: interesting Hmm. i'm happy it's happening it's great i appreciate the all the work i know it's a lot of work for the homeowner to deal with both the tragedy of the incident but then also having to figure out how to rebuild and what it needs to do and the work of him and others to to get us to this point so
2: well and i really congratulate her and champion her for continuing forward instead of just walking away yeah she could have done that
0: all right we're ready to vote all right all in favor say aye aye Aye. Aye. any opposed all right motion carries all right on to item two uh 430 south (coughs) summit street
2: Okay, 430 South Summit Street is also a key property, only in the Summit Street Historic District. It's located right here. Um, This used to be owned by Connie Champion, who was a big uh, preservationist and a a member of um, council and all sorts of stuff. (laughs) Um, It was recently purchased. As you can see, here is the house. Uh, There was an earlier addition put on that is a one-story addition. Um, the proposal is to add a second story to this one-story addition. Um, as you can see, the the addition was done with an open porch on the north side and an area that kind of looks a little bit like an enclosed porch or sunroom on the on the south side. Um, this is the south view of the house, and you can see that the the house originally had an open porch in this uh, southeast corner. I would guess that it probably had an open porch below that also in the southeast corner. We can tell that these windows have been changed because they're modern casement windows, and I would assume that happened uh, when the addition was put on. There's a lot of uh, decorative trim on this house as well. Here it is from the north side, um, uh, that open porch you can see. And here is the plan drawing. So this shows the second floor will be a a master bedroom, bathroom, closet suite. Um, Here is the south elevation. The project does enclose that rear porch. As you can see, it was partly because of the closet and getting access to the space because that porch would be in this area. does add trim around those casement windows to match the rest of the trim on the house. Um, This is that lower addition that already exists, and so there is a a single window on this elevation. During our uh, design review um, with the architect, staff did suggest that they approximate the window patterning on the house. As the guidelines call for a little more, the window had been in the corner and so it has been pulled out and adjusted. Uh, Here is the east elevation, so we can see that there will be four evenly spaced windows. This side definitely does match the window patterning on the rest of the house, keeping that open porch and the casement windows from the earlier edition. Another thing that was discussed during the design review on this was this band board. Um, There had been another band board that was removed, and, and we discussed whether or not this would be here, and the architect brought up a good point about the fact that we do do have an open porch in this area that would have a, a, a freeze board that's carrying the porch roof and since this also similarly looks kind of like a, a sunroom or enclosed porch, having that delineation between the stories um, helps break up the facade anyway. Uh, this is the north side so again we see the existing open porch and this side has two windows this is the side with the driveway it's a little bit more visible Um, and again we had adjusted the windows away from the corner during the design uh, review process. Uh, they have submitted windows that we have approved um, for them on other projects, a Quaker brand window that does meet our guidelines, and it'll be black, otherwise we'll be matching the house in all of the trim and siding details, the fact that we have a, a, a roof that kicks out as well. So the staff recommendation is uh, to approve the project. And this architect does happen to submit very complete uh, applications that don't need a lot of changes at all. And so you'll note that it is uh, present as presented in the application.
0: Uh, any quick clarifying questions for Jessica? You mentioned that the windows got moved in from the corners. Is the way that they're shown here, they've already been moved in
1: from the corners? They have
2: been. Ah. And the reason, if we can look at the plan, is partly because um, a lot of times in additions, people want to be able to have the bed against a wall instead of the windows. And similarly, uh, with the design of this, like, kind of... This is the only entry to this whole suite is right through here. So we come through this area and just finding room within the addition footprint to do the closet and stuff. They've created a a bench area that has the window um, at this point.
0: Other questions for Jessica? All right. Do we have any, the applicant here, anyone representing the applicant? Would you like, if you're welcome to speak, you do not have to. Okay, sounds, that's fine. I just wanna give people the opportunity to, so. Uh, I think we're probably. I think we're probably good. Um, any other members of the public want to speak yeah. on this? All right, let's get a motion on the floor so we can
1: chat. We uh, now have a move to approve certificate of appropriateness for the project at 4:30 South Summit Street, as presented in the application. Reynolds seconds the motion.
0: All right. Any discussion? All right. Let's then. Let's vote. All in favor, say aye. 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 Any opposed? All right, the motion carries. Thank you. Um, On to item three, uh, 511 South Lucas Street.
2: So, 511 South Lucas Street is a case where um, a house changed hands and um, the owners replaced all of the windows that were historic original windows with vinyl windows that did not match the existing. Uh, We've been working with them. They put in the application, um, but they have, Sorry. They wrote to me. <laughs> um, we had a conversation when I published the agenda. We had uh, we were going to put it on a previous meeting, and we, we held off because staff wasn't able to get back to them um, much in advance of the meeting, and so that was a, a mutual agreement, and at this point in time, we were going to put the project on the agenda, and we talked about it, and they weren't necessarily sure they were ready to move forward so they emailed me uh, yesterday and said as per our conversation last week we are asking if you could approach the board at tomorrow's meeting and ask if they could delay the approval denial of this project we're currently working with our attorney to find our next step we're looking at at possibly the liability from the window company Uh, thanks for taking the time to talk to my husband and I we appreciate your assistance in the matter Uh, they have been you know they've been working with us uh, to you know the degree that they can. They do request that we defer it until the next meeting so that they can um, get more information from their lawyer and to continue to talk to the uh, window company Pella that they uh, worked with. Um, so staff does uh, recommend that at this point we vote to defer the project to the next meeting.
0: Great. Do you have a motion to defer?
1: Bowman moves to defer uh, the consideration of the project at 511 South Lucas Street. Until the next meeting. Until the next meeting.
0: (laughs) And do we have a second? Wagner, second. All right. Any discussion? I I just have one one question. So when we have a situation, if I understand what you presented, right, is that They bought the house, they switched out all the windows, they didn't go through the process that they should have done, and so now those windows are lost and gone forever.
2: Correct.
0: And so we're trying to figure out where to go from there. And it sounds like they're talking to the window company. I don't fully understand what the window company would have to do with it. And so I guess, what are the implications for the historic commission and or our processes if it just gets delayed and delayed
2: um, well, I, I guess staff would probably not recommend delaying and delaying and delaying. So at some point, I mean, it obviously has to come before you and some kind of decision uh, would be made. If you read the staff report for um, uh, for tonight, um, staff made a recommendation to allow for leniency. Uh, the while the windows are gone and we can never get them back, uh, part of the problem with this is that they have replaced them with a, 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 a product material that is not allowed with the guidelines—vinyl. Uh, the windows also don't match the configuration of the original windows. The um, all of the. Well, except for three windows, the majority of the windows were five over one double-hung, and they are just one over one, actually, single-hung windows that were replaced with. Um, And so the, the goal is to have the windows replaced at some point in time with windows that at least met the guideline conditions and matched the historic windows, and we do have photos of those, um, both provided by the owner and also from Google, because Google has photos taken during multiple periods of time. So we are able to see what was there from that.
0: Yeah, so. I don't okay. think, we, we have an application on file, so we can't, they can't defer forever. I think they just want a little yeah. more time to figure out stuff. Sure. So okay. is the yeah. And, and they, have been,
2: they have been communicative about it. They do live in the Chicago area.
1: And the Pella windows have failed
2: the the Pella windows that they chose right. don't meet the guidelines okay and
1: but okay
2: and so I I don't know um, we haven't approved a lot of Pella windows just because they haven't really been submitted so I don't know if like that manufacturer has a product line that meets our guidelines or not I don't I, I don't know that I have seen some of the other manufacturers' windows that do. But if they do, then we could review them.
1: Or did the homeowner think that it met our guidelines and that's...
2: No, the the homeowner uh, does claim that they did not know about the fact that they were in a district. Um, we have had some issues with realtors not telling people and so we have actually done some education with some of the realtors to let them know exactly what it means to be in a district and to encourage them to let people know um, because it's much better to have someone who is happy (laughs) as a homeowner than not. Um, We do send out our mailing but with any you know since our our guidelines and our process is tied to our zoning code um, it's simply not a an excuse to not know about the code, <clears throat> to
1: not follow it. Jessica, we had that similar instance a few years ago, where the house right next to Connie Champion's place, Big Blue Four Square, where the golden gutters of North Liberty replaced the gutters, and then while they were at it, to the, the homeowners, hey, we'll just cover up your beadboard soffit mm. with vinyl soffit material, and they got about halfway around, and then they re- somebody said, hey, you can't do that. And then we, we had to tell them, by the way, you got to take it down. And mm-hmm. it's because the golden gutters people, they were making a sales pitch. Well, we'll cover it up, mm-hmm. and you can't. And they had to take it down.
0: Yeah. All right, well, we got a motion on the floor yeah. to defer. I yeah. think, uh, are we ready to vote on that, Any? Okay. Uh, all in favor to defer? Aye. 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 Any opposed? All right. We have deferred. All right. And then we've got this uh, item E reports on certificates issued by chair and staff.
2: Okay, hey, uh, certificate of no material effect. Um, oh, yes. We had this uh, house in the uh, Longfellow Historic District, um, and they just did a, a roof shingle replacement. Oops. Um, this house that was locally landmarked um, for um, a development perso- purposes um, was having some work done. It was another case where the work was being done before review. Uh, But we have reviewed it and they are uh, using appropriate materials and and replacing things to match what is there, Uh, removing some inappropriate materials like the metal covering the the corners around the porch as well. Minor review, staff review. Um, This was a a siding replacement and we've been talking to this uh, owner about um, actually potential insulation damage within the wall. Uh, this wall was painted with all of the appropriate paint and everything within the last couple of years and has already begun to fail. So we suspect that there might be a, a water issue and um, we all suspect it might be insulation related. Um, all that is in this area right in here. Uh, 514 North Lynn Street, uh, Northside Historic District. This um, m- multi-pane divided light attic window um, fell out and um, is being replaced with one to match. This might actually be a pillow window now that I remember it. So I, they might have a product line that does work. Um, intermediate review, chair and staff review. Um, Oh, this house, it was kind of fun to get to look into this house because I hadn't even noticed it. It is a colonial revival, Uh, it might be a catalog home. Uh, What's interesting about it is uh, it's all brick on this first level and it has this existing brick landing, which is historic and matches the house. There's also a railing right here and there are steps that you can see. So originally the steps came off kind of to the side. They have not done that for a very long time, like since before the 80s. And so um, it's just not appropriate with their existing concrete and pavement and sidewalks to actually make the steps do that. But the owner is removing all of this wood that was added by a previous owner and putting in new brick steps that come straight down um, to the sidewalk in the front. So it's a slight change from what was originally there, but it works with the house um, and will be in matching brick as well. And it will get rid of all this wood. Um, 828 North Gilbert Street. Um, That's yeah, that is the right place. Um, this house is interesting because it was moved to this location in the 1920s, but it was built um, 40 years before that somewhere else. We'd, I don't know where. Um, it has a lot of brick. There have been additions. Trying to look into the architecture of this house was a challenge because it really is an amalgamation of many different styles. It does include this um, small garage that's just right off of um, North Gilbert Street here. This garage is heavily deteriorated. Uh, this was reviewed by both Kevin and I. Um, it's literally falling apart. It's also the second garage. Um, there is a garage that was added to the back corner of the house. So uh, by removing this garage, there will still be a garage and to provide parking on, um, this lot, and so we have approved the demolition of this garage without the need to construct another garage. It's a, a large two-car garage that exists there. And they'll also remove, the, there's a stair, kind of out-of-deck material that goes from the house down to the garage. Here it is too. It's also deteriorated. It won't be needed, so they're removing that as well, and it's modern.
0: All right. Up next, the consideration of minutes from the April 13th meeting. Anyone have any edits or anything? Do we have a motion to approve the minutes? Wagner moves to approve the minutes for April 13th,
1: 2023. We can wave a second.
0: All, right. All in favor, say aye. 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 All right. The minutes are approved. On to commission discussion.
2: <coughs> um. So I, I put, you know, outgoing commissioners who we have, Kevin, um, as the discussion topic, but I forgot I do need to mention our awards (laughs) Um, because I'm maybe a little bit behind and I don't even remember what I told you last month about the awards, but we uh, will be having our awards on September 28th and it will be at the Highlander Hotel. Uh, We will start with our normal um and by the way if i said if the date's actually the 27th i'll correct that with you on monday it's a thursday right uh, i think so
0: okay
2: <laughs> now that i'm remembering it um we had a discussion of four different dates okay. and one didn't work and so i'm i'm hoping that it's the 28th like i'm remembering but let's go with that. Uh, It'll start with doors open at five o'clock. We'll have our normal um, 530 ceremony. And then of course, we'll have probably snacks and they will have the ability to have a cash bar afterwards. So um, as you might know, or remember, we did locally landmark the Highlander and they have been going through a um, rehabilitation project. With that in mind, um, we need to get a call for nominations out. Sherry is working with Friends of Historic Preservation, and so um, she's going to help me get that call out really soon, maybe within the next week, maybe? Yes. Okay. Um, so we'll get some nomination for awards. You guys go ahead and tell me about anything that you see, um, please, or think of or you know, remember approving, or see on a historic property in a different neighborhood, any of those kinds of things. I will probably try to, we can do one of two things. We can either have our um, subcommittee meeting about the awards between now and the July meeting so that the commission can approve the awardees in July like normal or maybe you guys could decide that the subcommittee can just make that final decision on who the awardees are so that it doesn't have to come to the commission before we notify them. That would be up to you. Um, We have traditionally let the commission vote on it, but we've also never had the commission say no. (laughs) <laughs> to any of them that the subcommittee decides. And it's also kind of odd because we try to keep it like out of the minutes, you know, so that there are no disappointments and stuff like that. So if you feel comfortable with the subcommittee making that decision, we'll have somebody from Friends involved, um, the county will, uh, the County Historic Preservation Commission will probably involve be involved, but they don't help us select the awardees. Um, but if you're good with that, then we have less pressure about getting them ready for the July meeting. I know it will be too late if we wait to approve them for August meeting.
0: Do you need us to vote on that or just give you a I, general I verbal? do not
2: need you to vote because there's no formal procedure but if you guys could just kind of let me know how you feel about that. I think
0: that's right? a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Me too. Okay. And if we, if you feel like you want to inform the. Commission before we could do that. At you guys could you guys could do that at the August meeting. Yeah, or you could just be like come to the event and see.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and that is the case. That I mean we'll probably still let you know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: At, you know before the event, and um, you know everyone will be avo- invited to the event. Um, we will have given notification. So the fact that if you all show up and there's a quorum, I don't think is a problem, but. Um,
0: You know, we'll talk about those things. (laughs) We just you couldn't just talk about business there. Right. All right.
2: Okay, so the next big thing is that this is our last meeting for Kevin Boyd, our current chair. He is a commissioner until the end of the month, which he has assured me that he recognizes and wants everyone to recognize. which is great. I just want to personally thank you so much for joining the commission. I know that at first you didn't really know all of what historic preservation was. (laughs) You have learned so much and you have become a great advocate for preservation. I think that you have been um, a good friend of preservation and frankly you've become a good friend to me too. I think you're a great person and I will miss you Thank you, Aww. Jessica.
1: <laughs> I think we'll all miss you, Kevin. You've done yeah. great. Um,
0: Kevin. Yeah, sorry. I know, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cry. <laughs> no, no, it's <laughs> fine. Um, I'm also like, I've, I've been off my. I'm not, anyway, um, I, I did <laughs> want to say a few things, just kind of parting wisdom and to the world if anyone's watching. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I moved back to Iowa City almost exactly eight years ago this summer. Um, after kind of 12 years away and and kind of fell back in love with Iowa City history again pretty quickly. Um, I reread all kind of all my Irving Weber books, the, the same set of books I got when I turned um, 16, and I would read those books and bookmark a page and take it with my newfound freedom to drive to a site and look and see what was there, or what wasn't, and um, was always kind of saddened at the loss of things that weren't there and, and really intrigued by the ones that remained and... Um, and as an adult, I, you know, when I came back, I had opportunities to kind of dig into other avenues to explore local history. There was a lot more, archi- you know, digital archives and things to explore. Um, you know, and our, our history and our culture are ours. It's, right. it's part of, to me, what makes Iowa City a unique place. You know, anyone's local history is part of their story and I think um, deserves to be celebrated. Um, you know, but I think, you know, if I'm... I think one of the important things we started here and I think is really a place for this commission and the city to grow is is working to kind of tell that full story of Iowa City, you know, both then and now I had to kind of hunt for people in that history who represented who I am and who my family is today. You know, Irving Weber always used this phrase bachelor mayor when writing about the 1930s mayor, Harry Breen, and I wondered even as a gay but not out kid um, or teen, I guess, um, if that meant he was gay, you know, I always kind of wondered about him. Um, and when I came back and did research as an adult, uh, he almost certainly was, um, uh, you know, he, when he ran for mayor, he was attacked for his non-traditional lifestyle that, you know, his opponent attacked him for that. The Cedar Rapids Gazette wrote, um, the reason he never found, never married has quote, has or quote, has always remained one of Iowa city's deep, dark secrets, um, (laughs) which I thought was really interesting. (laughs) Um, he was the station manager at the Rock Island, um, Rail station, and early in his career was really critical in getting the right uh, street station built where it is now. It was really, the idea was being close to downtown to help with commerce, um, and that building is a local landmark. Um, at the tail end of his time as mayor, he was hospitalized in Michigan, and it was during the Depression, and Iowa City uh, really needed him to come back and sign a form to get on the to get WPA funding, um, and so he made his way back very, very ill um, to Iowa City, and they brought the the paperwork to his hospital bed in Iowa City uh, for him to sign, and that built the sewer treatment plant that was um, kind of uh, where uh, Riverfront C- Crossings Park is today. That building, of course, was demolished, not uh, reused to make way for the park. Um, and the Delta Tau, uh, Delta Fraternity House, uh, where he resided and served as the frat father, although they called <laughs> him the frat mother, uh, <laughs> for many years, uh, still stands, but is not protected. So, you know, I just... Um, uh, so, our, you know, our shared history matters, preserving the, the physical and built environment that tells our history on its own should be prioritized solely on that, right? That is enough. But I think, you know, as we think about where our city is and the values that we have as our community, you know, preservation aligns with those community values as well, right? We, the neighborhood's designed 100 plus years ago or 150 years ago are the types of neighborhoods the city wants to try to encourage developers to build today, right? With a variety of housing types, for a variety of income levels, neighborhood commercial stuff, uh, building social connections, walkability, um, access to transit, um, not to mention the quality of craftsmanship and construction. These buildings were built to last and be repaired instead of demolished. They weren't built with a life cycle of 30 or 40 years to be torn down and built again. Um, Preservationists were among the first climate activists, even though I don't know that any of them thought of themselves in that way. And it isn't without threats, right? We've got leadership at city staff who sometimes is very indifferent to historic preservation. I feel like my perspective is there are far more interest in business interests than responding to our our commission, um, as evidenced by their uh, urgently finding staff time to respond to a special interest group request for a survey and have not found staff time to work on many of our priorities. Um, but I'm done calling them out tonight, but not forever, just tonight. Um, and I first want to thank you fellow commissioners. I've learned so much from you guys. I I love your perspectives, the way that you approach these issues helps, you know, the, each of your perspectives and your predecessor's perspective has helped me learn over the years and helped me think about things maybe differently than I do. And I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy and I'm going to miss, um, There's some lessons I'm sure I will take with me forever. And I really wanna thank Jessica in particular. I am really gonna miss working with you the most. Um, I couldn't have asked for a better partner. You keep me on track, you help me understand historic preservation in a way that I do now, and along the way we became friends, and I, I really appreciate that. And while I'll no longer be on the commission, my passion for Iowa City's history and telling better stories about our past and historic preservation isn't going anywhere. So you'll have a new person in this chair next month, but, um, you know, maybe I'll be sitting in the audience and uh, being, to using the opportunity to use the public comment at the beginning. You know, maybe we'll have history <laughs> hour at the start of every meeting. Um, anyway, uh, thank you very much. I appreciate it, and thanks for giving me some time to share a little history tonight. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank
1: you. And I'm going to miss your perspective. You're you're a great storyteller. Like I don't I don't know where you get these stories. Like. I guess Irving D. Weber, right? Well I
0: do a lot of reading of old Iowa City newspapers. Yeah. It's like it was like really what got me through COVID, I think. Oh. Is the but,
1: but the Bachelor Mayor, that's fascinating. What what is his name?
0: Harry Breen. Harry
1: Breen.
0: He was he it was so uh, Emma Harvett, who this hall is named after um was almost certainly a lesbian. She was with a woman partner for her whole life. I don't know that they called themselves that, but certainly was. Was beat by a guy named J.J. Carroll. Uh and J.J. Carroll served for like 10 years. And then Harry Breen beat J.J. Carroll in 1933, maybe. 30 early 33, I think. The elections in city council used to be in April, not November. So
1: mm.
0: anyway, Harry Breen, Bachelor Mayor, Harry Breen. There are some fun pictures of him. <laughs> like front page of the paper, like spanking a pledge. It's before he ran for mayor. <laughs> he's a, he's a character. He was part of the, um, the, uh, the country club had a, a group of bachelors called the bachelor club and they were in charge of all the decorations for the country club events. Um, anyway, he was almost certainly, I, I would guess he's gay, but I don't, <laughs> we'll, ne-
1: we'll never know. Never know.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's
1: called frat mother.
0: Yeah. The frat boys call them the frat mom. And so the frat dad, there's a lot of I mean, like, anyway, we'll see. We don't know, but he was certainly, when he ran for mayor, was attacked as if he was, and that's really, um, and won anyway, so. Mm -hmm. All right, I think that's it then. Mm -hmm. Uh, Are we ready to adjourn? Yeah. All right, motion to adjourn.
1: Wagner moves
0: to adjourn. (laughs) Bowman seconds. All in favor say aye. 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 Any opposed? We are adjourned, thank you, everybody.